Now, you mentioned earlier that you guys like tough players. Is there a way to integrate competition or toughness into practice? Yeah, I absolutely think so. I think it seems like every year we're always trying to figure out different ways to get guys out of their comfort zone. I think in general, if you're going to grow and you're going to develop, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be challenged. I think a lot of people just try to go to practice and it, it's it's kind of laid back and um, there's not much pressure. And then when you get into the game, the game speeds up on you. The game changes and then there's some physical aspects, some uh, psychological aspects that happen that you're not prepared for. Anybody can hit BP, you know, that's coming in at the same speed every single day. And uh, there's nothing on the line. There's no scouts there. There's nothing going on. Um, you know, the other dugouts not yelling at you. You don't have any of that happening in practice. Anybody can hit then. You know, when all of that stuff's going on, if you're going to be, you know, in Grand Junction, Colorado, there's going to be 15,000 fans there. How are you going to handle that? You know, how are you going to handle playing in front of 30 scouts? How are you going to handle when a dugout's, you, know, you got a rowdy dugout, your opponent, um, and they're on you the entire time? Are you mentally tough enough to handle that situation? So we try to integrate the, all of those types of situations into practice as much as possible i think the competitive piece has to be in there and getting players out of their comfort zone is very very important so um, we try to put something on the line all the time we try to create pressure situations you know one of the things i really really like that i think we need to do more more of is having competitive bullpens maybe where you're competing against each other maybe like pig uh, playing pig like you do in basketball, but also having the entire team around you and maybe on you, you know, yelling at you or whatever it is while you are trying to throw a bullpen and having something on the line and being able to block all those guys out in order to make a pitch. I think the same thing hitting wise, you know, you get the, in, the entire team around, uh, around in the batting cage and you put something on the line. It's competition with where you have to execute and you got the whole, the whole team talking trash to you and you got to be able to handle and focus in the moment while everything's going on. You know, I think a lot of times you see the best players, uh, they're the calmest in the craziest situations. You know, I love Navy SEAL stuff. So um, you see Navy SEALs and they talk about it all the time when, when there's the most chaos you got to be the most calm. And I think that's very, very important to be able to control your heart rate, control your breathing in order to achieve or execute whatever you need to execute in the moment. I think that's very important. We try to teach guys to do that. We try to put pressure on guys in different scenarios and practice. Um, something I, I just saw about mm, three or four months ago was a couple of big leaguers talking to a Navy SEAL. And they were talking about doing a mile run and a lot of calisthenics and then coming back to their gun and trying to hit a target that's a mile away. But when you try to do that after running and everything, your heart rate's up, you know, you've went through, you, you're tired and now you have to come to your gun, your sniper, and you have to try to find the target, and hit this target after doing all of that. Um, so you have to learn to control your breathing and focus in those situations, um, I think, I think for in general, in pressure situations in baseball, it's the same exact thing. If you're a hitter and, you know, runner on third, two outs, and you got to get that guy in, you know, how are you going to control that situation? A lot of times, you know, a stress, uh, stress happens in that situation and your breathing speeds up and your heart rate speeds up to 
you know, whatever, 120, 130 beats per minute where you need to try to keep it at, you need to try to keep it coming down. You need to try to get it back to 80 beats per minute, which is normal. Trying to train that maybe in practice where maybe you run a lap or you run a pole in between each hitting round. And when you come back, you have to figure out how to get your heart rate back down and be able to focus and execute if it's a hit and run or a bunt and run or, you know, runner on third infields back and you got to drive the middle or infields in something of that nature but you have to control your heart rate in that situation i think that's i think that's a, a big piece to it but also you know little things like playing 27 outs 27 outs is a lot of what baseball is um you got to get 27 outs in a row without making an error that that's what a lot of baseball is we uh, a lot of baseball teams lose more games than they win and that's what 27 outs is. It's controlling the baseball and controlling yourself and playing catch and uh, doing the little things. So I, I really like 27 outs, but there's a bunch of ways to do it. And honestly, I, I like all of them, all the competitive stuff. Uh, uh, it gets me going. But at the same time, I think you need to get away from some of that competitive stuff and get in an environment where they can learn and they can fail as much as they want. And it's OK. I think that's a big piece of it. I think sometimes we don't do that enough. Um, I like to say our hitting cage is a laboratory. You're going to come in here and you can screw up as much as you want, as long as you're learning and figuring out. Um, you know, sometimes it's um, sometimes you're taking swings, figuring out not uh, what not to do. You know, what what swing not to take. You know, um, and, and until you figure out, until you get enough feel, until you get enough swings in your body and mature enough to understand feel in your swing. You know, so. I treat the cage a lot of times like it's a it's a laboratory. You can mess up as much as you want as long as you have a specific goal and plan that you're trying to accomplish and learning from it. I love that. And you're putting a lot of ownership on the kids as well. To And you're basically telling them that it is okay to fail, but as long as you're learning. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big piece in everything. Also in going into life, you know, understanding how to deal with adversity and deal with failure um, is the biggest piece in life. It's the biggest piece in the game of baseball. Um, you got to learn to fail forward. You got to learn to get better every single day. And honestly, you know, if any of my guys come to the field and they don't get better or they don't fail, I don't think they get better. You know, if they're always in a comfort zone of taking easy ground balls, you know, hitting easy BP, hitting on the tee all the time, I think we need to have some more of maybe cranking the pitching machine up to 93 and figure, hey, figure it out, boys. And that's really kind of what you find out in a competitor, uh, if the person's going to compete or not. You know, it's kind of like you hit ground balls when they're 10 feet away in the parking lot with gravel. That's an uncomfortable situation. I think we develop more in those as long as we approach it the right way. It's understanding how to get out of your comfort zone and and develop, but also understanding that you're not going to be perfect. This game's not perfect. Life in general is not perfect. And failing is part of the process i think a lot of people either forget that or just don't know that in general failing is part of the process we're use we usually aren't good at all at something new we do for the first time you know if it's something new that we've never done we usually suck at it at first and you learn from it and then you're better at it the second time and you're better at it the third time the problem is a lot of people suck at it the first time and then they quit and go away from it and then that's where you don't develop you know and that's what we're trying to teach our guys is you got to keep going through all that molasses, all that pain, all those negative experiences and, and keep challenging yourself and 
you know, I, I love Terry Francona. He says something or his three main rules was do the right thing, be on time and never back down from a challenge, you know? So I always like that. Never back down from a challenge. I, I always love that. It doesn't matter really win or lose. Um, you know, it's if you learn from it and are you the next time that challenge comes up, are you going to be prepared for it? So, you know, I think it's a, a big piece that understanding the failure piece of it. So is there a way that you guys teach that in maybe a classroom or team setting, maybe a leadership building? Is, is, do you guys have anything like that? Sure. This uh, fall, we started a one-hour classroom session. I thought it was really important just for our guys developing as men, not just as baseball players, but in the overall aspect of everything. I think it was very, very vital for us. We had 12 weeks that we did it this fall. Next fall, we're going to do 14 weeks. But I think it was a game changer for us. Um, a couple of things is this. I, I, I really wanted to do this because I wanted to get, I wanted to teach some guys in a non-competitive environment where they can sit there, they can ask questions, they can be real. It's not uh, an environment where they have to compete or they feel like, you know, they can't talk or ask questions. I think that's why the classroom is good, um, as well as we can go in depth about some some things a little bit more. So one of my favorite books is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. So I think that's a big piece is educating why we do a lot of things. I think if guys understand why, then there's a lot more buy-in no matter what we're doing. So overall in that pro that program, it is a life skills course. It's a leadership course it is a team building course we we cover all of those in it the results that we got from this semester we had a 3.5 gpa as a team um, the most wins we had in a fall you know the least amount of discipline problems the best skill level development that we've had there was a lot a lot of positives to it you know our assistant coaches did an unbelievable job of bringing great guys into as well so that that was a piece of it but some of the little things that that started our one hour session was me looking at our program and saying, OK, here's some of the problems that we have in our program. They're a lot like a lot of other programs around the country, you know, not just baseball, but other programs. And here's our problems. And I see a lot of coaches and I talk to a lot of coaches, and you know, just with social media. And you see a lot of coaches complaining about all these problems. So. I read a book by John Gordon called The No Complaining Rule, and that really hit home. You know, I'm not much of a complainer anyway, but, you know, there's always these little things that we just don't like and we complain about them, but we're wasting our time complaining about them. I think it's a good time. I think it's a good thing to realize that it's a problem, but we're wasting our time complaining. I think it's very important that we just find a solution. So in John Gordon's book, The No Complaining Rule, it basically states you can't complain unless you have an answer or solution or two. So I thought that was very important. So that's what I did. I just wrote down all of our problems. I said, okay, what are the answers to these problems? And so again, like I said, I'm an exercise science guy. If you look at strength and conditioning, what do we do today in strength and conditioning uh, a lot more than we used to do? So there's a, we look at people that get injured and we used to rehab it all the time, right? You get an ACL tear and then we used to rehab it all the time or, you have Tommy John and here we go. We're going to rehab it again. I just take, I, I took a look at what we're doing in exercise science now is there's not as much rehab. There's still rehab, but th- there's a lot more prehab. So guys don't get injured. 
so we don't have to do rehab. So basically, prehab is going to be your positive environment. You are strengthening your muscles to do what they should do and limiting your chances of getting injured, right? So I want to do that in everything. I want to do that from the academic standpoint. I want to do that from the personal standpoint, as a man standpoint, as a baseball player standpoint. So that's what I looked at overall. Why don't we as coaches, why don't we prehab all of these things in a positive environment where it helps our student athletes grow as they go through this process of college or, or high school or whatever it is? You know, they might not have as many problems along the way. You know, a, a lot of coaches say, well, I don't have time to do a one hour session. Well, this is the way I look at it. You, you have to find time to discipline guys. So why wouldn't you find time to rehab them on the or prehab them on the front end? Because if guys get in trouble, then you got to discipline them. When you discipline them, it's usually in a negative environment. They don't like it. You don't like it. You feel like you're wasting time. And then a lot of times you are wasting time for other players on that team, you know. So with that, I said, okay, you know, I'd rather spend more time on the front end of things in a positive environment, uh, preparing these guys instead of on the backside of it, you know, trying to fix all these things uh, by discipline or running or, you know, study hall or whatever it is, you know, however, however we have to discipline or fix it or rehab it. So I just think that's really important. You know, a lot of people kind of cling to that prehab versus rehab statement but i think it's true you know i think in general in in america it's true i think too many times we're we're rehabbing everything i think that's a lot of the reason why there's so much depression obesity and anxiety right now today's world i think if we prehabbed it a lot more if we taught people uh more about nutrition and exercise and what it does for your body not just in general on the physical side but on the mental side on the psychology side of things i think that's just you know we, we try to medicate everything we're throwing medication or all these myths that it only takes five minutes to do something. And um, that's not true. You know, it takes a mass amount of time in order to create something great. So, you know, I got a lot of thoughts on it, but that, that's just kind of our one hour classroom session. We do goal setting. We do a time management plan. We have a compare to what day, which is like a perspective day of getting perspective in life. We have a servant leadership. We talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about successful people. And I think there's a blueprint to success. I really do. I think there's a myth that everybody's just born with it. Uh, if you study successful people, which I've done, I, I love studying successful people. I've done it for about 10 years now. If you study these successful people and you see what their actual day-to-day plans are, uh, it, it's a massive amount of work over a long por- uh, period of time. And they've created exactly what they wanted to create. And that was like the book, The Compound Effect. If you read uh, outliers or the talent code or bounce or talent is overrated. All these books talk about the 10,000 hour rule, talk about development, talking about how you're going to, uh, reach whatever goal you want to reach. I think that's a big piece. Um, there's a lot that goes into our program, but I think it's a, a, a huge step in the right direction. We don't have all the answers. Uh, that that's 100% for sure. We're still trying to get better every single day group. Uh, this program was kind of 1.0 and next semester will be 2.0 and hopefully we'll keep going from there.